When we were first married and had a disagreement, Mike was a fan of saying to me, Emily, words mean things. I occasionally still have a hard time with that, but we both agree that when we're sharing our feelings, we have to find words that honestly express how we feel. How does that relate to how we talk with our grands? Well, words are important, and using ones that help us connect with our grands is key. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And welcome to this episode of The Grand Life. In this episode, we talk with Carrie Byrne, creator of the Long Distance Grandparent Society. She's a favorite here on our podcast, and our chat about affectionate communication with her grandchildren is not only a treat, but also a chance to get to know Carrie and to learn more about her personal story and how words and people mean an awful lot to her, too. She's a fun interview. This this was great. It was really fun. Before we get to the interview, though, I wanted to take a moment to talk about words we hear from you, from our listeners. So from the very start of The Grand Life, we have been mentioning our email address and our phone number for you to leave a voicemail. But lately, we've been rethinking how we might use this number more effectively. So if you call that number, this is what you will hear. And it's a little more specific and timely. Here's a question for you. Have you decided to share your faith tradition with your grands or not? And if you have, then how do you do that? Record after the beep. So we're going to try this, and we are encouraging you to pick up that phone and call us. Listen to the prompt, share your thought or experience about sharing your faith traditions with your grands, and if so, how do you do that? You can email us also at grandlifeconnection at gmail.com or, of course, call and leave that voicemail. And the number is 317-572-7876. Feel free to leave your name or remain anonymous. Either way, we would love to hear from you, your voice, your experiences, your thoughts, your words. So for now, let's join Carrie Byrne as Mike and I chat with her. Hi, Gary. Welcome back to The Grand Life. Hi, Emily. Hi, Mike. Thank you for having me. Hi. It's so good to have you back. And you know, you're just doing wild and crazy things with your long-distance grandparenting stuff. Tell us about what's happening, what you're doing. Well, uh, so, you know, I've had this, uh, the long-distance grandparent for a few years now and have been chugging away on creating different, you know, products and services and writing about long-distance grandparenting. And over Christmas, I took some time to step back because if any of your listeners have been in the entrepreneurial world before, you know that it's a, it's a tough gig mm-hmm. and it requires a, a deep level of inner motivation. And <laughs> I, you know, I came to this work with this passion to connect grandparents and grandchildren and very much based on uh, my experience as a researcher in the area of aging care and family relationships for over 20 years. But predominantly because when I had my first child, I birthed six long distance grandparents. And, And so it was really important to me that my children had a connection with their grandparents. So I'm not the grandparent, I'm the parent in the relationship and in the partnership, uh, as I call it. But since I since I had my first son, we've actually lost two of those grandparents. 
And it just over Christmas, we had uh, two grandparents here. I was thinking about who wasn't here. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm spending an awful lot of time on this business and why. You know what? What is at the core of what keeps me going? Yeah, <laughs> and and doing this work, and really, what it comes down to. So I don't know if you you've probably seen this, the article that was in the Economist, uh, the age of the grandparent. Yeah, which demographers are very excited about, and everyone's very excited about the 1.5 billion grandparents that we have worldwide, apparently. Yeah, uh, but I'm more excited by what the relationship can mean. And what the relationship can mean for our children and for grandparents. And when you look at the research, we know that a strong relationship between grandparents and grandchildren is related to things like lower scores of depression when you're an adult grandchild, right? Higher scores on well-being, higher scores on pro-social behaviors, in particular, things like kindness and generosity. And so yeah. if there was a, a vitamin that we could give to our children <laughs> that yeah, just we'd be might- doing that. Yeah, it would be it would be sold out. And <laughs> so I've just you know, came to this place of what am I doing? Really what it is, I want to be able to spread that love. I want to be able to make it possible for grandparents, you know, all over the world to stay connected to their grandchildren, because the, the reality is that it is harder when you're at a distance from your grandchildren and you have to work harder, put in more time, put in more effort. I believe be more intentional. What's your guess as to the percentage of grandparents who who are long distance? Well, in the data that we have is from AARP, from a, a grandparent study they did a couple of years ago, and it was just over fifty percent of grandparents in the U.S. live uh, two hundred miles or more away from their grandchildren. So about half then. Yeah, that would have been that would have been the short answer that I could give you. No, 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 that's that's great. <laughs> No, it's good. To, it's good to remember that because I think sometimes when you're a long distance grandparent, you think you're alone, that you're not experiencing this with 50% of the grandparent population. You feel like you're the only one who's that far away from their grandchildren. And sometimes it's not either or. In our case, it's both and. We have some who are close, others who are not. Right. Well, and I think also I've heard the situation where sometimes you're having struggles connecting with the local grandchildren, but then the long distance grandchildren, you have a regularly scheduled call, you know that you'll see them for a couple of weeks every six months. Right. So, it, you know, there are so many different the combinations of how grandparenting can happen yeah. uh, for people. And I know it's true in our own, in our own lives. And so we've, you know, what also happened for us is that we lost someone, you know, quite special in our family. And that was my aunt who was like a mother to me. And so, you know, the first Christmas without somebody, it was only six months ago, makes you just really think about things yeah. and, and what you're missing, like after six months, you have this, there, I don't know, there's something about grief that happens and you can just really feel like the, you know, like you still, I still want to text her. I still want to call her. Uh, but the reasons why I want to call her is because, you know, she was really a grand cheerleader to me. And I started to feel this deep sadness that, you know, my children, like my oldest of eight, he's eight years old, only had eight years of her cheerleading Mm -hmm. uh, because she was the type of person who just made you feel and would acknowledge that whatever you were doing was fantastic. (laughs) That she was was proud of you. It it really is. And she was the, uh, you know, what I would call the GEO of our family, the grand encouragement officer. And I want to make sure that 
other grandparents are doing that because it's a key role and it's one that you can play like from a distance, right? Your words will travel as far as you need them to. Yeah. Well, tell me about these these things that you're coming up with, these grand encourager and grand, you know, chief executive, what is it? Chief officer? <laughs> oh, GEO. I know, I can't stop. I can't stop. <laughs> if you if you follow me on social media, you'll see I've always got, like, I think I had grand, grandologist was one of yeah. them, which is really about becoming an expert in what your grandchild is interested in. Mm-hmm. I've always, I mean, I don't know, I've always loved words and plays on words. And, I love it. Um, I love it. And you need to have something uh, kind of catchy for people to remember. Mm-hmm. And so I think GEO is definitely sticking for people. And to remind <laughs> yourself before you have a visit with your grandchildren, like I am the GEO of this family. So there are a lot of things that you might not have to worry about as a grandparent, the things that the parents now worry about. Mm-hmm. And so step back and remember that you can be that person that pulls your grandchild aside and just, you know, reinforces something right? yeah. I'm just like I'm so proud of how hard you're learning how to swim you know like learning how to swim is really hard and like you can just say something as simple as that yeah and you know of course because you know what I, what I share and everything that I do at the long distance grandparent is based on research so I take research evidence and I put it into writing products and services and uh, GEO and grand encouragement officer comes from uh, research by Dr. Manson at uh, Penn State Hazelton University. He doesn't call it being a GEO. <laughs> yeah, and I actually should let it, I should let him know that that's what I'm calling it now. But um, and you know he's he's a great guy and he's been doing research on affectionate communication. And so it's it's a little bit like it's a little bit like what it sounds like. Um, and, and affectionate communication has been studied for quite some time. And so it's really just intentional and overt expressions of care and fondness. And he's looked at it in relation to the grandparent-grandchild relationship. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that he found uh, was that when, and this is all based on research with college-aged grandchildren, Mm -hmm. uh, because a lot of university research is done on, you know, first-year psychology students, as they say. But uh, so he looked at what does affectionate communication mean in the grandparent-grandchild relationship. And he's just been publishing some fascinating studies. Well, fascinating to me because I am the ultimate research geek, but also because what he's found is that when you ask adult grandchildren how close they feel to their grandparents, the ones who received uh, higher levels of affectionate communication also report higher levels of feeling close. And so one component of affectionate communication, there are a few others, uh, but one is called love and esteem. And really what it is, is telling your grandchildren, uh, I love you, I miss you, I'm proud of you, you are special to me, and I love spending time with you. So like those five things. Yeah, we practice that all the time with our grandchildren. And you know, it's a practice because we do it on a phone call every month of their birthday date, what we call birthday date phone calls. And we call them every day, every birthday date. And we do all of those things. We sing happy birthday date to them. And then we <laughs> we do all of that. And it's funny because at first it felt a little awkward maybe to end our birthday date call with what we love about that specific child, always saying to them, 
life would not be the same without you. There would be a huge hole in our lives if you didn't exist, kinds of things. And then telling them what it is we love specifically about them. And I'll tell you, Mike, don't you feel like it's just become more and more? It's it's no longer perfunctory. And it is something that some of them look forward to and sort of expect us to stand and deliver on time <laughs> and feel it, it feels a little funny when we know that they're expecting it and we missed it for whatever reason. Yeah. So um, we hit it the next day or something. Yeah, but, we, do, we do what we can. Yeah. But with 10 grandchildren, it's a lot to do. You know, it's 10 calls a month, but it's totally worth it, I have to say. So that research, I think, will bear itself out as they get older because it just is something that comes more naturally to us as we've practiced it. I I love how you framed it as a practice because I think in general that connection is a practice and right. That if if we want to have strong relationships that we need to have relationship practices that are reaching out so we can have a gratitude practice. uh, But I very much believe in a connection practice. And so, yeah, what a great idea to do it on their birthday. Something tells me that it's not going to work as well if you don't apply a little bit of grandology to it. That is, you could make it a practice to sort of sit silently on the phone until somebody decides that they have something to offer. But if you do a little bit of grandology to make sure that you know what to ask about, and we've just recently heard examples in, in, a, in a few recent um, episodes uh, of folks who do that and do it well and, and take great care and find great results from that. Yeah, and you have something right now, don't you, that you're putting out to help people using words, hugs, what do you call them? So I call them grand word hugs. There you go. And it's just a catchier way than saying affectionately communicate with your grandchild. <laughs> Send them a you grand word hug. You can fit it hug. on the cover, but you might have to drop the point size. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, so these are, so what I did is yeah, I created, and I we've actually been using grand word hugs in the Long Distance Grandparent Society since the beginning. So from the very first resource that I sent out to members um, of the membership program, there was a word hug uh, because I knew of this research and because I know that words can travel and that sharing these kinds of things with kids is really important. And when I when members upgrade to an annual membership, one of the things that they get is a one-on-one session with me. And I started to hear in these sessions about how their grandchildren are loving these word hugs yep. and keeping them and collecting them. So it's it's a printout. It's a piece of mail that you send to your grandchild that just says like something really lovely on it, right? I am, I'm proud of you because I love you because I miss your smile, right? I miss your laugh, but whatever it might be. Uh, And that the grandchildren are collecting them and that they are showing them on video calls. So, yeah. And these are children between the ages of two and 10. Yeah. And it, you know, this, this matters. And so I thought, well, what, what better way to achieve this mission of spreading grand love to a million grandchildren than to make these available, not just to people in the membership, uh, but to any grandparents who want them. And so, yeah. uh, as, as like everything that I do, I went a little overboard and I created <laughs> 37, 37 word hugs. So I say you have three years worth of word hugs to send to your grandchildren. Wow. I also just highlight, it's a printable pack. So you print it off and you can, you know, you guys have 10 grandchildren. And yeah. so you can print off as many as you want, send them out to grandchildren. I provide different ideas because I think sometimes when you sit down and perhaps on your calls, you 
you know, you have to have some thought beforehand about what you're going to say, because when you're on the spot and you want to say, I'm really proud of you because, and then you think there were so many things that I was proud right. of and in this moment, in this moment, <laughs> I, can't I can't think of one. Yeah. Yes. And so I provide, I provide tons of prompts just to get the creative loving juices flowing mm -hmm. uh, for writing these, writing these word hugs. That's great. And then, as you do it more often, you do come up with better ones, I think, that are very specific to a grandchild. We did an episode about teenagers, and I just heard mm -hmm. from somebody who commented on our Facebook page about how he is a very long-distance grandparent. I think his he lives in Scotland or his grandchild lives in Scotland or something like that. And he was saying that he writes to them once every six weeks. And one of the things that the grandchild said was, why don't you just email me? And he said, you know, someday you will you will really appreciate what I'm doing. Because th those are things when you do the, either the word hugs or whatever, when you mail them and they actually have a physical copy of that, they will appreciate that later. They don't understand right now, but they will later. And I think that's kind of a telling thing. I agree with you 100%. I mean, I think I suggest that people can take a picture of the word hug and text it. Like some people can't send mail. That's uh, true. Because it's international or people are living in countries that it just makes it uh, difficult to receive mail. I was, mm -hmm. I used to live in Dubai and that was the scenario there. Uh, but I do think and value now letters from my own grandmother. And it, I actually had a situation where letters that she wrote to a family friend uh, have were recently shared with me. Mm -hmm. And so how wonderful just to hear her talking about our family. And she was so funny, like just some of the things that <laughs> <laughs> some of the things that she would say, um, but to have her handwriting, because when you read someone's handwriting, you can hear their voice in a different way than if you're just reading text on, yeah. on a computer. Yep. And I think that's the that's the difference. So true. You and I were talking earlier today about um, things like long COVID and time off due to disability and illness and the loss of older relatives. You asked an interesting question. Yeah, I was curious if COVID and the presence of COVID over the last couple, three years, uh, now that it's kind of simmered down a little bit, uh, have we gone back to normal when I want to put in quotes, air quotes, normal, or has COVID kind of changed the whole long distance relationship in a way that's either good or bad? What do you, do you see a shift? Well, I think that it, you know, what happened during the pandemic is that people who didn't previously have to rely on technology to stay in touch had to rely on it. Mm -hmm. And so there was definitely a surge in you know, how to entertain a child on Zoom, <laughs> as an example, yeah. that people, I think, began to, because this way of communicating with each other is is new. It's so new. Like yes. your millennial children did not grow up FaceTiming with their grandparents. And so I think it perhaps there was a bit of a fast forward in how we think about in the possibility of staying connected from a distance. I mean, I don't think that um, I, people are still catching up hmm. with what they lost during that time. Uh, we have people that did not see grandchildren for a couple of years. Right. <laughs> and especially international flights. I mean, some people, it's just in the last six months that they were able to make that happen, to be able to get across, uh, you know, to different countries. And so 
I think we're, I, I still think, you know, I don't think it's shifted back to normal. And I actually don't think that we're going to go back to quote unquote normal. I think that, you know, I'm going to call it sort of a post-traumatic stress situation for us as a world. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I see that. For families, right? Like for families, for parents, you know, I know that when my child has a sneeze, I, I immediately go into, like, he's going to be home for six months. <laughs> like, how am I going to run my life? But yeah, I think that, right? So, so I don't know. I'd like to think that we are able to now, and the research is still coming out about it. Yeah. Uh, and I'll leave it to the researchers who are looking more in-depthly at that, about how our relationships have shifted and changed. But, yeah. you know, we've known for like 80 years that relationships are key to, to our health, right? Like this is something that is not, and now we know it from research evidence that yeah. the relationships that we have in particular with our family uh, are very good for our health. And yeah. I, I just, I suppose that where I see being able to really make a contribution here is to let people know about the importance of the relationship specifically between grandparents and grandchildren. And that if the pandemic has done anything, hopefully it's made other generations be able to see the fragility of time Yeah, and that we look at time in a different way now. Yeah, good thoughts. Um, I did want to make sure that our audience understands how they can get in touch with you or how they can get some of your resources. So we will have those on our show notes. But if you want to go ahead and share that with us. Sure. You can find everything at thelongdistancegrandparent.com. And so there you will find blogs that I've written on a variety of topics for a variety of ages of grandchildren. And I also have a link to what's called the Long Distance Grandparent Society, uh, since shortened to the LDG Society by members, which I'm quite thankful <laughs> for because it was quite a mouthful beforehand. Yeah. Uh, so you can find out more about that. That's a membership for those of you who have grandchildren between the ages of two and 10. And then the final and newest product, the Grand Word Hugs, uh, really based on affectionate communication research. You can find those on the website as well. That's great. It's always nice to have you here. We love talking with you. We could talk for a long time. And thanks for the update on the things that you're doing and the things that we're all experiencing in our long-distance grandparenting. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Emily. beginning of the episode, I mentioned that short sentence that turned up in our early conflicts, words mean things. Oh, yeah. And I wondered where that idea of words meaning things came from. So I looked around and from what I can tell, it started with Lewis Carroll. You mean it didn't start with us in our early marital conflicts? It <laughs> no. Pre predates that. Yeah. It's Lewis Carroll of uh, Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass. There was a quote in Through the Looking Glass, uh, what Humpty Dumpty says. He says, when I use a word... Humpty Dumpty said in a rather scornful tone, it means just what I choose it to mean, neither more nor less. Well, I don't know about you, Mike, but I could, I would contend that words mean more than just a thing. Yeah, they mean more than a thing. Uh, they can mean a lot of things and not just a fact or a noun. Right. They represent feelings and emotions, which is why giving a grandchild a grand hug is more than just a word. It's a powerful reminder of how we feel about them. So, you know, not to argue with Lewis Carroll, but I think words mean more than what I choose them to mean. 
how your grand interprets those words affects what they mean. We would love to hear what you think about that. In the meantime, I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life. One thing that I've said is is the integrity of one's own life and one's own example and one's own being. Live what you believe and let it show. Our grandchildren will be whoever they will be and believe whatever they be. But we want them to know who we are and how we live our faith. That's next time on The Grand Life.